Hi, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to Michael Baum. I first met Michael on the, on the set of the Doctors TV show when one of Michael's fellow attorneys, Brent Wisner and I, and one of their plaintiffs, went on for an hour uh, explaining that Monsanto had been lying about the, the dangers and, and carcinogenicity of Roundup. Well, Michael is the managing partner of the law firm that has been on the legal team that won the three trials. And I'm so excited to have you because we're going to talk about things that we haven't talked about yet. And I know this audience wants to hear from you. Welcome. Uh, very nice to see you again, Jeff. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you to begin with and every time I've met you since. Oh, yeah. I remember that amazing opportunity that I happened to be there at the end of the uh, of the Pilead trial where we were all having dinner and that they had just won a $2 billion, uh, more than $2 billion by the jury um, award and Lee Johnson from the first plaintiffs, he showed up. It was just surreal. So no, that was a really surreal moment to see uh, uh, Lee and his wife show up and with all the people who all, it was a gigantic team that contributed to making that happen. And there were so many opportunities for it to go off the rails, including Mike Miller, who was supposed to be the trial counsel, uh, getting in a, a nearly fatal accident just a couple of weeks before the trial. And so uh, Brent and Pedram, uh, ben, Brent Wisner, Pedram Esfandiari and I had to jump in to be the trial team, like on just like a couple of weeks notice. So I got to set this up. This was the first of the roundup trials. And you guys were like, all right, we'll also help. And then all of a sudden, uh, the attorney, the attorney who had prepared for this for months has a windsurfing accident and ends up in the hospital. And wasn't there a second person that also got sick? And yes, was uh, uh, his second in command had a, um, an epileptic seizure and uh, concussion. On the day we were having the conversation with him of how we were going to do the trial in light of Mike Miller's having been in this accident. And we were supposed to be just sort of say, well, we'll fill in and help you in the background. And, and then he, he has this gigantic event that he bangs his head and is thrashing around and, and so he gets hospitalized and is, you know, not, doesn't really fully recover uh, in time for the trial. So it became uh, Dave Dickens and Brent and Padram and me. <laughs> I have to say that if there was, you know, I, I'm just giving one, one read on this, one um, backseat, you know, Monday morning quarterback that, I tell you, you guys did an amazing job. I know Mike Miller. I'm sure he would have been outstanding. But for some reason, it's as if nature organized for you to get the pass. And it was incredible. Seeing Brent up there giving the openings arguments, seeing the way he was cross-examining. I had already had a taste of him when we were on live television for an hour with uh, at the Doctor's TV show. 
And I was I was so impressed with him. I mean, I've been speaking about this stuff for 25 years, and I had not heard of someone who was so confident in his positioning that he just took down an epidemiologist, or an epidemiologist uh, uh, that was on by Skype at the same time. It was awesome. And he, he and you guys, he guys, you guys exhibited an amazing, amazing team. It was just incredible. So yeah. Yeah, I wanted something close to a photographic memory for the documents. And that gives him um, an advantage over his almost any opponent. That's fantastic. So uh, we have a lot to talk about. I mean, I want to give someone everyone an update about what happened this week. Okay. Plenty of stuff going on. All right. Why don't Why don't you give the the the, the this? No, no, go ahead. You, you fire, and I'll I'll respond. All right. So <laughs> something was just revealed from the EPA's files. What was it, and how significant was it that it was revealed, and that it wasn't revealed earlier? Okay. So in uh, 2015, IARC issued an analysis of glyphosate and, to some degree, Roundup that said it was probable, it was a probable carcinogen. And IARC is the WHO's big conference committee that determines what's carcinogenic all over the world. Go ahead. The International Agency for Research on Cancer, the, the independent scientist group uh, most qualified to make carcinogenicity decisions. Mm -hmm. And they made so, it. So, Michael, you, you've frozen again if you just, oh, no, you're back. Oh. Okay, go ahead. You're fine. Um, so they concluded that uh, glyphosate and to some degree Roundup, because Roundup was in the epidemiology trials uh, that they looked at, was a probable carcinogen. And Monsanto engaged in an all-out war and attack to undermine that decision. And they had battle plans that engaged uh, um, uh, opinion leaders, uh, journalists, uh, uh, what we call troll groups, to really do everything they could to undermine that decision. And they enlisted the EPA as well. And the EPA uh, basically had, is what we consider uh, subject to regulatory capture, which means that the regulator has been captured by the people they're supposed to be regulating. The fox is guarding the hen house rather than somebody else who's responsible for uh, safety and welfare of the public. And uh, they, uh, because the EPA was able to void a study by the ATSDR and their internal scientists that uh, would have agreed with IARC, um, they would publish data and, sub and submit data saying, well, we're still reviewing it, but it looks like there's no carcinogenicity to us. As far as we're concerned, the labeling is fine and there's no carcinogenicity associated with uh, glyphosate. So, Monsanto would trot that out at every motion and every hearing and uh, did, trotted it out to defeat uh, Proposition 65 in California for the warning labels that would be required for an IR finding of carcinogenicity on a product. And 
their main, I mean, in the trial, in the trials, at, at key moments of the trial, uh, the EPA would come out with some new pronouncement that would they would come trot in front of the judge, say, judge, we've got to introduce this evidence to the jury. The, uh, this is stuff they didn't know about. They've got to have this. And it was just every step of the way, they kept coming up with this stuff from the EPA. And um, it, we were able to fend it off by saying that, well, we think there was regulatory capture and that we'd actually go through the science and that the, the big defect in the EPA's analysis was they were, they were tunnel visioned on glyphosate alone and not the entire formulation. And the formulation is like, up to uh, like north of 100 times more toxic than glyphosate by itself. And if you just study glyphosate, then you would find lower toxicity and lower carcinogenicity. And their own internal documents, their own epidemio their own toxicologist, Donna Farmer, said, uh, we can't say it's not carcinogenic because we haven't done the testing on the, on the formulation. Um, we're safer talking about glyphosate, but if you talk about the formulation, we're in trouble. Well, and by the way, what you're on, quoting, what what you're quoting is an internal memo yes. from Donna Farmer to another Monsanto employee. She doesn't say that to in public. She was the one that I debated in 2015 on the doctors, and she said, "I'm very confident in, in this." as a mother and as a scientist, and she oh, yeah. was groomed. And so it was because she was so confident, and I shared those type of actual secret memo documents, uh, quotes, with the producer of The Doctors, that's when they opened up a new show, invited her on, she refused, and we went there and had some, had some fun. Okay, so carry on. So as it turns out, uh, about 10 days, two weeks ago, uh, Sharon Lerner at The Intercept had been liaising and communicating with some EPA whistleblowers, and she got her hands on the actual internal analysis by the EPA that essentially echoed exactly the epidemiological analysis and Bradford Hill causation analysis criteria um, that IARC went through. And it completely undermines all that crazy. The EPA said we're, that there's no carcinogenicity. It, it was, it's an, it, to me, it's one of the biggest developments in the Monsanto Roundup uh, story since the Pilliot verdict. So what was interesting was, and I read a little bit about what was, what was the original report. I didn't read the whole thing, but I looked at the key conclusions and it said that if it's if there's other evidence, and I'm not quoting, but I'm paraphrasing, if there's other evidence that shows that Roundup or glyphosate is a carcinogen, then all of this um, information on non-Hodgkin's lymphoma that was analyzed is very significant. Where right. uh, it's like you bring in the animal data and the cell data, uh, uh, then you have the three prongs of does it does a chemical cause cancer and the three the three legs of the stool are human epidemiology study which is what this uh um analysis yeah. just came out uh the animal trial data which is the animal tumor trials which is what brent 
and uh, uh, Dr. Portier did such a great job of going through each and every single animal trial and counting the actual number of tumors, which that was another thing that neither the EPA nor Monsanto would actually honestly do. But that you add that and the cell data uh, exposing cells to um, uh, Roundup to show that it disrupts DNA. And that's what the whole Perry story was about, which yeah. was. Uh, 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 so Dr. Perry, Dr. Perry was was going to be the the golden poster boy to protect Monsanto because he was the one of the world's experts at genotoxicity. And if he could look at the studies that people were saying were the causality of why glyphosate was causing cancer and he could dismiss it, they'd be in the clear. So they hired Dr. Perry to review some of those studies. And what happened? Uh, they decided they didn't like his conclusions, and so they buried it. <laughs> right. He wrote a report which legally should have been turned over to the EPA. They didn't. And instead, Monsanto Ghost wrote a report that concluded exactly the opposite. And it was the and one of the great sets of documents we got out from under seal and became part of the Monsanto papers was uh, uh, Bill Hayden's saying, hey, uh, we need to uh, ghostwrite this new stuff to fend off the IR finding like we ghostwrote the stuff we did to fend off Perry. Just it was, it, the story was just too incredible. You couldn't write a script that was any better than that. I mean, he was talking about just like we ghostwrote that other review paper by Graham. That was the paper that the EPA used to say, oh, Glyphosate doesn't cause cancer because here's an independent, third parties, uh, peer-reviewed, published article, but it was actually written by Monsanto. Right. And, th and they paid someone to put their name on it. And then they had the, the cancer committee in the EPA was chaired by the one person who I describe as the lapdog of Monsanto, who was bragging to his Monsanto handler that he was gonna try and stop another agency in the government from doing studies on glyphosate and cancer. And if he was able to stop it, he would get a medal. He should, he should get a medal. medal. He should get a medal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I- and That so, was the ATSDR um, uh, study that they were trying to stop. Right. which was supposedly my guess is that this thing that, that this is the the uh the recent uh analysis my guess is that that this is what the atsdr is going to have put out something like this hmm. so there's some other good news that happened this week um uh, this there, week uh, just before you go there i'm getting a text saying that there's a problem with the facebook live hook up uh, do you see any problem all right let me check um it says there the oh tech... oh right right i'm on my wrong i'm on the wrong page huh i put it on my personal page instead of um uh so it's on my jeffrey smith page instead of the institute for responsible technology does that mean we have to start over let me find out <laughs> Yeah, I did. I've done this one other time, and then it gets it'll get played. Um, so those. Oh, uh, so I'm getting a thing saying that they see it now. Okay. Yeah. So it was found by our team, and now it's being um, re, re. Yeah. Okay. So 
My bad, everyone, for that little blurb, but we're back. All right, thank you. Um, so the, 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 this week, just for those that just joined us, this week we discover that the EPA, a captured organization that has been working closely with Monsanto and all of its, quote, clients, they use that term, clients, not the public as clients, but the companies that are, just are submitting their products for regulatory review, that they were hiding evidence that they had concluded that information looking at non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and glyphosate showed a possible carcinogenic a link. And the whole time during all of these trials, they never showed that to the public. They hid it from view, and it just came out this week. So this is certainly going to be used in future trials. And looking to the future, Monsanto Bear is tried to preempt or limit the amount of, of dollars it would have to pay for future lawsuits, proposed it to a judge, the judge threw it out, and so they came back with this announcement. What was the announcement this week that we're now uh, enjoying? Well, uh, there is uh, some additional money that they've added to the uh, uh, pot to help settle cases. The issue, and, and for just so you understand our perspective, oh, I'm frozen again, hold on. Yeah, just get off and get on, it'll get back in. So the, the $4.6 billion additional money to be used for future lawsuits um, is on top of the uh, 11.5. So it's about 16 billion. Okay, go ahead, pick it up. Yeah, so uh, there's additional money to, to divide up among the 125 to 150,000 people who uh, if, and it may be more for as far we know that have uh, developed non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after using Roundup. And um, the issue from our perspective is, uh, is it appropriate for people to settle their cases now? And it, we, my opinion is yes. Um, this data is helpful, uh, but we had a, that data before the issue for a lot of people is uh, how many years will it take to get to trial and how many try how, how will the court system handle um, tens of thousands of cases that are not consolidated into one trial. Um, and you've got a, a court system backed up with COVID uh, and because of COVID and so it is our belief that it's, it's probably a good idea for the cases to settle uh, if they can. And, yeah, I was going to ask you uh, about that. Um, that the, the runway to getting to another trial like we did, uh, like the ones we did, is, is pretty uh, – it's going to take some time. It'll be one at a time. And so uh, there are people who are injured now have an um, access to cash now and it's our belief that they should get it and it's there's no amount of money that uh, would properly compensate I think anybody for what they've gone through because of roundups trickery 
I, I mean, not Santos trickery regarding Roundup. Um, but uh, the prospect of getting more, like that lottery ticket for getting more, is there, there's it's such a low probability spread out amongst hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, and maybe 200,000 people. Um, so I, th I think that 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 uh, the settlements are are a better way to go, because um, we've proven it now. The data is out there now. We our, our website, the bomb headland website, has all of the documents that were used in evidence, all of the expert reports that were used in evidence. It has the transcripts to the Piliad and. Um, uh, Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Lee Johnson trial. Uh, we have most of the um, documents that were declassified that were not used in the trial. We didn't get to use all of our evidence. And so we put that on a page called the uh, Monsanto Papers. Should you uh, search Bomb Headland Monsanto Papers? And there's a real nice, we, we've laid it all out with a nice, uh, uh, index and a summary of each document. You can search for names and, and concepts and it's all there. And um, it need, that needs to be used and for legislative and regulatory type purposes um, and change the way uh, pesticides are regulated. Uh, it's not appropriate that uh, pesticides go through um, the EPA or any of the other uh, countries' equivalents just evaluating glyphosate by itself, just that, or the, what they call the active ingredient. A uh, pesticide consists of what they call the active ingredient and about five or six other chemicals that are part of the, the formulation. They, they mix it all together and that formulation is different than each one of the elements by themselves. And this is something you get to see in basic, you know, uh, as a kid, when you're playing with, uh, and you make you get to make the volcano when you're in, in, in grade school. You take, or, or you take one fluid, you take some vinegar, and you throw in, uh, you know, anything you mix, comes out different than the things by themselves. That's what and, a cake is. And you just different wrote the elements of the yeah. cake. And you just wrote the forward to a book by uh, Gilles Eric Serolini. He co-authored it, and he was he's one of the leading researchers in the world on glyphosate and Roundup and GMOs. And he was his team was the one that discovered that certain formulations of Roundup are 125 times more toxic than glyphosate, and that there's at least one so-called non-active ingredient that's about a thousand times more toxic right. and and yet the epa ignores all of that not only that but they do their tests they allow monsanto to do tests on technical glyphosate which isn't even as dangerous as the type of glyphosate right. salts that are used in the actual roundup and so it is entirely un unreal world scenarios that are being tested and they allow monsanto to do the tests and you saw 
what months how Monsanto's tests are done. Oh my God. It was such a classy way of describing what Monsanto science was like, how they how they tested, they they uh, uh, cooked and froze human cadaver skin before they tested the penetration of Roundup to say, oh, oh yeah. there was hard. It was incredible. <laughs> Bill Sawyer was one of the best experts and and teachers. I mean, he taught the jury what actually happens with testing a pesticide like Roundup and how tricky, how, how easy it is to be tricky to prevent the outcome from from actually being seen. And and they did. They they're supposed to test it on human cadaver skin and it was it absorbed too much, 3.3 times the allowable limit by the EPA. They never sent that to the EPA, probably illegal. Instead, they they took human skin and they put it in an oven, cooked it, overcooked it, overcooked it, then froze it, took this leather-like skin, applied the roundup and oh, hardly any gets absorbed. And that's what they reported to the EPA, leaving out that asterisk that it was cooked and frozen human skin. Yeah, the, the things like that, uh, things like not testing the formulation as a whole, things like not counting uh, tumors for um, mice or rats who were exposed to greater than a thousand milligrams uh, for um, a, a, a test where you're trying to find out if an exposure will lead to carcinogenicity. That level of exposure is appropriate for testing that. And they were using a, a test uh, protocol for toxicology, which is just whether it hearts you. Um, it can cause some harm. Well, people who get exposed to Roundup over a period of time, it can accumulate in your bones. It, it gets into your lymph system it gets around and that process over time in a human you need to be able to concentrate into the short lifespan of a mouse and a rat and that's why they use high doses and it was really inappropriate just to not count all those tumors if it's it really comes down to you know what you count and so here they didn't count all the tumors because they didn't count the ones for exposures greater than a thousand milligrams per kilogram. And they also didn't count actual penetration in actual skin. They treated, they, they treated it so it was leather, not skin. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and some of the good news that came out this week also that I want to make sure we get in before we forget is that because they couldn't, you know, preempt certain lawsuits. They decided to remove Roundup from the lawn and garden care in the United States as, oh, of, yeah, 2000, that. as of 2023. Oh, yeah, that. Michael, we have you and your team to thank for that. You are saving the lives of so many people because of they they realize that as long as there's a Michael Baum and a Brent Wisner and the teams around there to prosecute, and they want to avoid that. And so they're removing it from the non-professional and non-agricultural markets in the United States because of you. Thank well, you. We, it was a, you're welcome. And you helped too. I mean, it, it was, it's been uh, a team effort with 
from uh, the law firms that we all worked with, Jeff Travers. I, I can't say enough about Jeff Travers. He was the one that found so many of these hot documents. Mm -hmm. uh, my colleague, uh, uh, Lehman uh, McHenry, who helped uh, declassify the documents. One of our writers, Ben Messelbeck, who helped write up the, the guide for it. Getting all that information out to the regulators around the world, in particular in Europe, uh, Pedro Misfandiari, uh, one of our young lawyers who just jumped right in. Uh, and then I you cannot say enough about Brent Wisner and his uh, really charismatic, brilliant uh, trial skills. But I, uh, I have to that say- That all said, the whole organics movement, uh, all, the, all the stuff that you've represented for years, um, all that support and laying the foundation for the perspective that, oh, maybe there's another side to this story, made it so we could get there because we had jurors who were not, they had heard both sides and they were not completely um, hypnotized, I guess is the only way to say it, by some of the misinformation that Monsanto's been and the, the pesticide industry has been putting out for years. But yeah. it, it's you countering it that's made a difference. So I really appreciate you. Thank you, thank you. And it was it was fun uh, appearing in one of the trials <laughs> in, in, a, in a document um, where Monsanto, they were, it was called Whack-A-Mole. And they yeah. were talking about, I had just published an article showing how GMOs affect children more and greater than adults. And I was quoting the Royal Society of Canada, the Royal Society of the UK, the um, National Academy of Sciences in the United States, and a number of other groups around the world. And their response, as Brent pointed out, if it was a responsible company and someone put out an article showing that their problem, that their product was going to hurt children, you'd think they investigate. But instead, here's what they did. They, they told their pseudoscientist to attack me and they called it, he called it whack-a-mole. Uh, and the response by the Monsanto executive was, funny you should use that term. Donna Farmer and I started using that term two years ago. <laughs> because basically anyone that they have a, uh, a system called let nothing go. Do you want to share what that's about? Because they use that against me. So the, they had a team set up to uh, interfere with, suppress, um, make to, to delegitimize any science that ran contrary to Monsanto's narrative regarding Roundup and glyphosate. And they did that for like, there was a, a sea urchin study that was done way back, you know, like 25 or 30 years ago. And uh, they were concerned that somebody other than us was publishing something about Roundup and it could be bad for genotoxicity and we need to know about it. And we need to do so, and then we need to have be, the, the, what the, that, that sea urchin study taught them was that they need to anticipate studies like this coming out in the future so they can go meet with the, uh, the people who are putting those studies out, try to talk them out of it. If they can't talk them out of it, go to their superiors, go to people who will critique them, organize, um, attack memos or have um, uh, letter writing campaigns 
to the editors of the journals, talk to the journal editors, make sure that things get retracted. I mean, it was a, a very systematic uh, military operation that they called either Freedom to Operate, FTO, uh, Let Nothing Go, uh, Project Spruce, or, I mean, they had multiple names for this group of individuals whose job it was to suppress any information that criticized Roundup. Yeah, projects. And they just got fined. They just got fined uh, a little bit ago, uh, within the last week, uh, for keeping track of reporters and legislators and uh, politicians in general who might be saying something critical or who would be saying something friendly and keeping track of them and collecting data on them for the purposes of suppressing counter information is, was illegal in Europe. So they just got tagged for it in France. And they've been doing that for years. In my book, Seeds of Deception, I show how they had hired one group to analyze all the reporters reporting on bovine growth hormone, their genetically engineered drug. And then another group was attacking and was basically rewarding the reporters that did positive articles and attacking and threatening and trying to discredit the reporters who wrote negative articles. And they bragged about how they got the New York Times person off the case. They described in detail the USA Today confrontation where that person was, was moved off the case. They've been doing it successfully for years. They only got fined 400,000 euros in France, but they've made a lot more money doing this, this um, attacking. So I don't know if it's actually going to stop them from doing it around the world. They just may cover it up more. They hire, they hire organizations like FTI that also that try and paint a rosy picture for agrochemicals and uh, work on behalf of the industry, energy industry to debunk global uh, climate change. So they hire the same people that ExxonMobil hires to spin the science in the opposite direction. You sent me an yeah, article. Paul Thacker has just been writing about this recently. He made Paul Thacker's been following the, uh, this manipulation of journalism by industry uh, and by the chemical industry, by um, the oil and gas industry, by the sugar industry. They all are using the same tobacco playbook of um, how to manipulate journalism uh, while they're manipulating science. And uh, that's something, you know, just came out. Um, I mean, the efforts to suppress you, which we enjoyed, by the way, getting that document, those couple of documents out from under seal uh, for your benefit. We did something similar for uh, Carrie Gillum on her book, uh, Whitewash. They, they actually set up um, a Google search thing so that if you clicked on uh, the Google to like get her book, you would get... A, uh, a critical article about her book and they had they said they had like just like they had a, a a battle plan with all these like single space entries for like 20 pages of things to do to suppress her book they had things for you and they had things for Seralini and they had things for IARC you know, I should and, probably find that list. I don't. I never did find it. There was just so I entered my name under the search engine, and there were so many pages that had my name on it. I gave up after like twenty or thirty. I should probably find them. But yeah, like when I not first all of them that got declassified. 
So I published, like when I published Seeds of Deception, immediately one of their trolls wrote a bad review. Yeah. And we, we got Amazon to take it down because we told them who it was and Amazon took it down. They, they have a whole way of, of having all these front groups. Like when I published my second book, Genetic Roulette, which was all the documented evidence about GMOs, they have echo chambers that they set up. So they have certain talking points they give out to their front groups. Everyone says the same thing, and then they say it's a consensus. And and that becomes the the record. So yeah, uh, that that's exactly what happens. So Michael, um, in this whole, you just got introduced big time to the world of Monsanto, and you got a sense for who they are and how they function. What were some of the most, or perhaps the most, shocking moments in your discovery process when you realized, oh my goodness, they did that? What was the most shocking? No, oh, boy, that's that's. There were so many. All right, well, give just give your top your, so, your uh, top. Uh, that the pesticide industry gets away with just testing the, the active ingredient without testing the formulation on carcinogenicity or toxicity levels that people who are actually going to be using it. That was pretty bad to me. That's that's just like putting the entire planet at risk with an unknown outcome. So that's one. Two, that they internally did an analysis that it was not actually safe to be mixing Roundup with bare hands and without protective equipment. And so they made the, uh, they, they, this, it was called the, I think it's the poem um, analysis that said, uh, you need to be wearing gloves and you need to be like wearing a mask and you need to be wearing uh, boots and, and protective equipment when you're handling Roundup, which is exactly the opposite of what their commercials were. Their commercials showed people walking around in shorts and tank tops spraying Roundup like there, it was like it, they made it seem like it was safe. And this is the irony to me about Roundup is that as pesticides go when you compared it to some of the like the DDT and um, organophosphates and some of the other stuff that it preceded it it was potentially a safer um, less toxic herbicide than some of its predecessors but they gave the impression that it was not toxic at all which is wrong it is toxic you have to treat it responsibly and be protected and use protective equipment well they did that analysis made the determination you needed the protective equipment and then they suppressed that they made their employees do it they made their employees use the the the, uh, the protective equipment but they didn't make the users the people who actually the consumers the people who were using it to spray in their lawns or to spray their driveways or to spray their their landscaping those people were out there spraying it as if it was something you could, as uh, Monsanto said on multiple occasions through its salespeople, it's safer than salt, you could drink it. Those messages um, were dangerous. And so that, 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 that disturbed me, uh, that they didn't count the tumors for uh, over uh, the high dose levels. How do you get away with stuff like that? Uh, that they ghost wrote um, 
uh, and, and suppress the Perry story, then Ghost wrote a story, a, 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 an article to, to counter the genotoxicity of Roundup, knowing that Perry had just said the opposite. It was um, and the things. It was just amazing level of um, arrogance with respect to what they thought they could get away with. Uh, I, I worked on a lot of um, uh, pharmaceutical product cases where we've caught them doing similar things. Uh, the blatant um, acknowledgement and power plan, PowerPoint plans for what they were going to implement were with like it was like nobody had ever actually looked at behind the curtain, so they hadn't hadn't figured out how to hide it yet. Pharmaceutical companies have started started to get a little uh, cleverer, more cleverer about it. But they, I think Monsanto was used to not having discovery actually done on their stuff, and so we were able to find you know, all these amazing documents. Oh, the smoking gun level was incredible. It confirmed everything that we had been hearing about, but right there in black and white. I mean, I I met a former Monsanto scientist who acknowledged to me that when genetically engineered corn damaged rats, instead of pulling the corn off the market, they rewrote the study to hide the effects. He told me that three of his colleagues were doing studies on the milk from cows that were treated with Monsanto's bovine growth hormone. They found so much cancer-promoting hormone in the milk. The three Monsanto scientists stopped drinking milk unless it was organic. One bought his own cow. Um, we, have, <laughs> we, have, we have so much evidence that that the people at Monsanto know one thing, but they're, in fact, one was a blatant industry story. Someone who used to work as a Monsanto salesperson, he was aware that there, he discovered that there were certain uncharacterized proteins from a genetically engineered um, product that was being eaten by livestock. And he was thinking it might cause serious harm to the animals, including possible mad cow. He was trying to blow the whistle at Monsanto. No one paid attention. They were He was ostracized. But he, he said the reason he joined Monsanto was because he heard the the glorious words of Robert Shapiro, then the CEO, who talked about how you could turn factories and uh, farms and fields into factories and clean up process waste using genetic engineering and crops. And at a at a new employee meeting in in St. Louis, he stood up and told all the other new recruits the same thing. But a vice president pulled him over afterwards and says, what Robert Shapiro, the CEO says is one thing, what we do is something else. He tells a story, we're just interested in making money. And so he was he was immediately told that this whole thing that Robert Shapiro said had nothing to do with what was really going on in the company. And I've seen that over and over again inside Monsanto and outside Monsanto. Well, the, the thing is, is that um, they did have a, a big PR line. And the thing is, they did so much of what they did was completely unnecessary. If people had proper protective equipment, so much of the harm would not have been, happened. Uh, if they did not do um, the desiccating uh, for uh, wheat and oats and things like that, the, the, the level of um, Roundup exposure in food would be so much lower. Um, I mean, you could make it absent by not having desiccation almost. I mean, it's very close to not there. 
Um, but they didn't. They, 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 they just... Go, For those that don't know, that, and, you, and most people watching this do know, Roundup is not just sprayed on Roundup Ready crops. It's sprayed on wheat and oats and lentils and barley and chickpeas and all these things just before harvest to desiccate, to dry it down. And it also forces rapid maturation or ripening. And it also kills all the weeds for next year's growing season. So it's used by farmers all over the world on food crops sprayed three to five days before harvest. So the oats that are non-organic can have more higher levels of glyphosate residues than Roundup Ready soybeans because it gets just absorbed into the oat head anyway. So thank you. I just wanted to point out what you were saying because you your, your lawsuits were from people spraying Roundup. There's a lot more dangerous numbers in terms of people who are exposed in terms of eating Roundup and eating glyphosate. And your lawsuits were about non-Hodgkin lymphoma, and we've been talking about more than 30 diseases linked to it. And I'd love to see some lawsuits in those categories as well, because the evidence is mounting. And it's you know, not the, 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 I think the, one of the angles relative to that is that the mechanism by which Roundup kills plants is it interferes with a protein pathway forming forming uh, called the shikimate pathway and that process is how plants make proteins and as it turns out a lot of the microbiota in your gut and on your skin use that same pathway for making protein so when they get exposed to roundup just as roundup kills plants it kills those microbiota that are part of your immune system they're part of the, the surface system for your immunity on your skin all through your uh, uh your, your um mucous membranes yeah. and in your gut so leaky gut syndrome uh celiac disease a lot of a lot of gut diseases are associated with damaged microbiota that have been exposed to toxins like roundup who in, that interfere with that protein formation process. And when those microbiota get disturbed, the microbiota in your gut and on your skin are in a sort of a constant battle with other microbiota. There's what we call commensal microbiota. Those are the guys, the good guys. And then there's the pathogenic ones, the ones that cause harm. And they're in a continual battle. Well, if the cops, the good guys, are being knocked off by the exposure to Roundup, the bad guys grow. So you end up with very dysfunctional immune systems and gut systems for processing food. And that, in my opinion, is part of what's um, behind some of the metabolic disorders and food uh, and gut disorders that um, much of the developed world is exposed to because they're not getting organic food they're getting food that's got got toxins in it and those toxins are bad for the microbiota that are making the nutrients and proteins and vitamins that go into you know, having a healthy body, and they're deeply connected to mood and to immunity. So like uh, mood disorders, 
depression, things like that. Those are also probably linked to having your gut microbiota being disturbed by toxic exposures. So a lot of our day-to-day life can be so much more improved by limiting our exposure to those things. Eat organic. Um, don't If you're going to spray Roundup, which you can't probably do anymore, make sure you don't get it on your skin or inhale it. Well, first of all, hearing you describe that, oh, it's so exciting. Because, as you know, <laughs> this is something I've been talking about for years, but you were just so perfectly concise and clear. Thank you. Thank you. Was this, we should just cut that, well, that section and make, make, uh, make that available as an excerpt. And yes, eating organic is essential, is absolutely essential. Um, is there anything else you want to add, Michael, before we say goodbye to everyone? Because you have been sensational, not only in terms of your information today, but I, I, it's like this is one of the few times in my 25 years as a, as a GMO and Roundup activist with your firm and with the law, law firms in general, you have been more effective than most activist organizations, more effective than most activists in bringing the information out, in ringing the bell in the world press, in causing um, changes in policy in governments and in Monsanto slash Bear. You have been incredibly effective. And I know from talking to you before today, talking to other members of your firm and colleagues that you work with, that you're all actually dedicated to doing the right thing for the world and not just your clients. And fortunately, they're the same thing. That you're actually not only delivering your clients uh, compensation from Monsanto Bear, but you're actually working to bring down the level of toxins in the world. The moment, the very second you decided it was safe to circulate the Monsanto papers. You hit your guys hit send, and it went all over the world. You were informing the regulatory agencies, the the reporters, ever the governments everywhere. You guys have put together that easy accessible website. You didn't have to because you had all the information, but you're giving it, making it available to me and countless others. So it is clear that you guys are dedicated to a healthier world, dedicated to getting the truth out about Monsanto and about the toxicity of their products. So my hat is off to you and your whole team. And it's I, I got to tell you, I was not I was not expecting such a boost from the legal profession. <laughs> and I was so excited because it just showed how much clout you have. And I'm ready to support you with I mean, I have more information to to some law, some science research that hasn't yet been published that I can send in your way. I have so many things that I'm excited about because you have a channel that works beautifully. Is there anything you want to add before we go? Well, the one thing I would like to say is that I think that uh, it's in the hands of people like you and your viewers and other activists now to take the, uh, to go through these documents we put on our website and the testimony that's on the website and use it go get uh, the pesticide regulations changed. Go get the way legislators recognize and understand 
what the problems are with uh, uh, toxic substances being added to our food and added to our lawns and added to our air. The, um, uh, the, the pattern of conduct by Monsanto isn't just Monsanto. It's Exxon, it's Syngenta, it's um, uh, GSK, it's Merck. I mean, all these companies do the same program and it happens to our medications, to uh, the, uh, the climate change and to our, the health of our food that we're consuming and the air and our water. All these things are come back to um, improperly regulated uh, toxins that can that are could be easily avoided. And these documents show why, and show how it got done. They they show the methodology of these companies, and it just needs more and more people to take it and use it. I, I had a client, uh, Kim Witzak, who was on our. Uh, whose husband committed suicide while taking Zoloft. And during the uh, working up her case, I mean, she was devastated by this, but um, during the workup of her case, we declassified the documents that showed that uh, Pfizer knew that Zoloft was causing uh, suicidal behavior. We declassified them. She has a booklet of them, and she goes around and lobbies Congress. She's now sitting on the advisory committee for the FDA. Activist people can take our data and become effective um, communicators for change, and that's what I would like to see. It's all out there now. We've made. We put it. It's all on a silver platter. Take it and run with it. Oh yeah, I've been working with your data for years. And uh, I right now we're working in another area at the Institute, trying to stop the outdoor release of any genetically engineered microbes, because they not only travel and mutate around the world, they swap genes and can collapse and uh, collapse ecosystems around the world, including inside us. And you can't recall them and you can't track them. And it can be permanent and it can be an existential threat. Having said that, we're still I'm still speaking every week on GMOs and Roundup. I'm still speaking in, in medical conferences. I'm still speaking on summits because after 25 years, I'm not just going to cut that off. But I understand that because we didn't need to actually affect in terms of our plans, um, government policies in the United States, because we just had to get people to stop eating GMOs and it would change. It created a tipping point and that's happening. But now that we're dealing with like trying to ban the release of GMO microbes around the world. Now we're talking about not only legislation in the United States, but around the world. So uh, I know I appreciate the fact that your former client is on the advisory committee of the FDA. That's very impressive. I think I've got to be in places like that pretty soon with our new yeah. initiative. Just keep it up. You keep lobbying for it and pushing for it. Uh, uh, that type of activism, your type of activism is what's needed on a, a broad scale. Thank you so much, Michael. Let's take the, let's take the, the, the chicken coop back from the foxes. <laughs> Definitely. And on that note, thank you all for listening. This is Michael Baum. Michael, can you tell the website if you could spell it out? And we'll also put it in the notes as well. People will need to know where to get the Monsanto papers and how to see the great work that you're doing. Okay, so the easiest thing is just do a search for Google search for Monsanto papers, 
Baum Headland, and it's B-A-U-M-H-E-D-L-U-N-D. That should land you right onto the page, and then you, you can take it from there. Very good. Thank you very much, Michael, and thank you all for listening. And pay attention to his words. Eat organic. Safe eating, everyone. Thank you for listening to Live Healthy, Be Well. Please subscribe to the podcast using whatever app you listen to podcasts with. Or go to livehealthybewell.com to subscribe. This podcast will inform you about health dangers, corporate and government corruption, and ways we can protect ourselves, our families, and our planet. I interview scientists, experts, authors, whistleblowers, and many people who have not shared their information with the world until now. Please share the podcast with your friends. It will enlighten and may even save lives. Safe eating.